What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sap. It is July or July. It's January 3rd. I don't know if I'd be doing a show about the Bengals on July 3rd, but it's January 3rd, 2023. And a uh, a very it's it's a somber bummer of an episode. Uh, I was going to try to go live Monday night, but obviously not the time, not the place. Uh, not the circumstances to be doing that here on Common Bengals W. Uh, for those of you who are seeing this, like maybe on on my Twitter or something like that, this is a Bengals vanity project I'm doing just for fun. I'll go live. I'll talk a little bit about the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, what's going on in their world, maybe a little bit of NFL talk. I don't know a lot about football. I just love it, but... Um, it was not easy to love on Monday night as, unfortunately, uh, DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. W- what a tragedy that unfolded there. We're going we're gonna to talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about the game up until that point, the decision to stop it, uh, how this will play out. But I just want to say this. like, Obviously, we're thinking of DeMar Hamlin and his family who were there at the stadium and saw this, it's one of those situations where you're like, it's horrible that they saw this, but it's also really fortunate that they could be there and they can get immediate answers and they could be there for him, even though he's, you know, he's not conscious. It's uh, one of those things where you look at the positives, the negatives and all that. Oh, so uh, the one of the most anticipated Monday night football games in a long, long time got derailed very, very early on in the first quarter when T. Higgins received a pass from Joe Burrow. Uh, there was a tackle made by DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin stood up immediately, and on the broadcast, you couldn't tell that anything was going on. I didn't know that anything was going on until uh, my good friend Drew dropped me a message, and he said, hey, what happened to the Buffalo Bills' safety? And he was at the venue at Paul Brown Stadium, Paycor Stadium, and I had to rewind it. And I was like, he, he told me the number, and I had to go look, and I was like, well, that's the person who tackled T. Higgins, or T. Higgins and him collided because, I mean, T. Higgins is a big boy. It's That's what he does. Um, but... It was one of those situations where they showed it upon returning, and you see it, and he he just fell flat, and that's very scary. And stretcher comes out, EMTs come out, the ambulance comes out, then you hear they're doing CPR on him. That ain't good. That's scary. That's bad. If they're performing CPR, that is a, first off, it's a, well, we ain't playing this game again type of thing. If you have to have CPR done, that's that's a wrap, man. Just call the game then. But uh, fortunately, they were able to revive him. And just, it was a long time, man. It was very uncertain. It was very scary. And it was horrifying. I, I can't imagine how it was for the players. And I, I want to credit the players. First off, some of the Bengals, you see Tyler Boyd immediately pointing at him and saying, like, get somebody out here. Uh, you see the Buffalo Bills players gather around him and then then Bengals players, and they formed, like, a shield. That way cameras couldn't get to him. Uh, man, a ton of love and respect. Uh, I have always said that 
if I wasn't a Bengals fan, I'd probably be a Bills fan. I love their culture. I love how they have fun while also helping others, like the Andy Dalton Foundation donations that they made a few years ago were just incredible. Also, that proximity to Toronto. Always, like, since I've become an NFL fan, have nothing but respect for the Buffalo Bills. And um, it it is tragic that this happened and it, it does uplift me that these two communities the cincinnati and buffalo communities as well as globally have come together to uh, support this man damar hamlin in this very scary time uh, he was taken to uc medical center which i can tell you guys in our area uc medical center is a very very good hospital um and after that, I'll stick to his health updates as of now. You know, we get word that he had a pulse. We get word that uh, he was revived. He went into cardiac arrest that came straight from the bills. And um, then you get word from, fortunately, from people close to him that have some some positive notes, like that his vitals were back to normal, but they put him to sleep. They had a breathing tube down his throat. His uncle has told reporters that he went from being on 100% oxygen to being on 50% oxygen, which seems like a positive thing. Seems like a very positive thing. And um, if you wondered what kind of person Damar Hamlin is, well, those that are unfamiliar with him quickly found out because a GoFundMe that he started while he was in college was was discovered and a tweet by my friend alex fuse went uh, viral where he pleaded for people to donate to it it is now received over 5.5 million dollars in donations man and that like that, that brings a tear to my eye it makes me so happy that so many people around this world have, have rallied around him at okay it was 5.5 when i started when I set up this stream, it's 5.74 million now. And it, he did this as a, as a toy drive. And uh, they, I know they had established a foundation. It's the, the, the chasing M's foundation that, that he did, which uh, support, supported toy drives, back to school drives, kids camps, and a lot more. <sighs> he had nothing to, to gain, but, but helping people and doing that in college, especially at that time when he did it. I believe it was before NIL, right? And for those of you that are wrestling fans, Chris Jericho donated like $10,000 to that. Good on him. I saw that, that Robert Kraft and the New England Patriots donated eighteen grand. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson each do, uh, donated uh, ten grand. Devontae Adams, the Commanders. Like, There are so many people, so many colleagues, so many co-workers that have, have donated to this great cause. And... Uh, the, I think one of my favorite things about it is when you go to that GoFundMe, you see him at one of these events and the smile on his face, and you can tell that he he loves making a difference. And, um, you know, we're pulling for him so much. And, I, I you know, he's going to get through this, and we're all thinking of him. And it is just amazing that, so many people are rallying around not only him, but what he stands for and what, what means a lot to him. 
So the game was uh, called. There was information relayed to Joe Buck that the players would have like five minutes to warm up, and then they would be able they would they would start playing, and you would you saw the players warming up. So somebody told them, "Hey, you probably need to get warmed up." Um, Zach Taylor, Bengals coach, was seen going over to the Buffalo Bills uh, sideline and being like, "Coach, this this is on you. This is." This is not, this is up to you. Like, we don't have to do this game. And Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor were seen talking to each other, like, throughout this process. And Zach Taylor also went to the hospital, as did many fans. I did Stefan Diggs. Um, it, uh, this is more than a game and it's more than entertainment. There, there is nothing about this that is more important than the health, safety and life of one of the people that are, that are doing this. And I thought Ryan Clark put it really well and several other, other uh, people that spoke on ESPN and Ian Rappaport says he doesn't even know who said the five minute call either. Yeah, but it was, it was a very clearly, clearly relayed. Um, but I, I'm glad they stepped in and, and we, we didn't get the word like as of yet, like we had even reported on common Bengals W that vendors were told to stop serving at that point. So when that happens there, that's a wrap. You hear about players coming out in their towels and stuff. That's a wrap. That's game. Now I, I know it's very easy to be like, Oh, well immediately cancel it. And that, that is how I felt too. But ultimately what matters is the safety of this player and him making it through this. That's what's important. That is what's important. And ultimately, they did call the game good. They made the right decision. Uh, the Buffalo Bills headed back. I, I know a lot of people were like, oh, play it tomorrow. Well, no. It's it's not any better. As Ryan Clark said, like that doesn't let you know that, that DeMar Hamlin is okay. And beyond that, listen, man, they, they played. They already played like, Enough to where a lot of those players on on a night's rest, they ain't playing again the next day. After those collisions that they're taking, they're not playing again today. So that ain't happening. Um, Hooday Joe says, I was at the game, something that will haunt me for a long time, bigger than football. Thankfully, it didn't continue. It was a difficult situation for everyone involved. I mean, I was I was there in for the for the Thursday night game, and the Tua thing was very scary. I was there a few weeks later for the hangman page injury at, uh, I don't know what it's us bank arena. And that was very scary. He got stretchered out and these three things happening within this proximity, obviously this one, uh, the, the most serious in nature, man, it's, it's a real, it, it sucks so much. And, and it really puts in perspective what these athletes and entertainers really do put on the line. And I thought that was highlighted really well on ESPN today. Like, Mike Brown, Robert Kraft, those guys, they're putting money on the line, but they're not putting their life on the line. They are really putting their lives on the line to be out there. And, you know, some people, assholes, will say, oh, well, a risk comes with that. Sure, it does, but still, that's not a risk you want to see unfold. Isn't what you want to see unfold. Uh, fortunately, they did not play this game. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, well... the." Bills can forfeit, the, the Bengals can call a tie, whatever. 
Now, I get it if you're like a Ravens fan or something like that and you don't want just the division handed over. What I would do personally, if I were the NFL, because they have announced that the Ravens-Bengals game is going to continue as planned this Sunday, although they don't have a time scheduled for it. Play out that game. Let the Chiefs game unfold. We might be in a situation where the Chiefs get the win, and I don't think it would matter, would it? As let me let me look at the playoff picture. But I think that the TMZ noted that he was resuscitated twice. Okay, so yeah, the, it would matter um, because they're playing for a one seed here. They're playing for uh, a very very important spot, the Bills and the Chiefs. But ultimately, you leave that up to the Bills. In my opinion, if the Bills say. We don't even want to play the last two games of the season. They don't need to play the last two games of the season, period. You let that be up to the Buffalo Bills. And if they're good with with foregoing that spot, completely fine. I think everybody's going to understand. Uh, Because there's no need to reschedule this game, one, if the Bengals clinch the division on Sunday. And two, if the Bills don't want to play the damn game. You know what I mean? Like there's no need in pushing that through if they don't want to play the game. Now, there were there were a lot of talking head stuff that, that got a lot of attention. I just want to say, in the wrestling world, I'm a talking head. That's what I do. And sometimes I put my foot in my mouth. Um, and there, there have been times when I've called out other people for putting their foot in their mouths, too. I saw what Skip Bayless said. I, I think that he worded it very poorly. And I... Quote tweeted it, and I was like, game doesn't matter. Then he posted something kind of explaining it, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll delete it. Very, I think he had that. I think he was playing devil's advocate of like, this is uncharted territory type of thing. Don't like that at all. But I, I also, he made it clear, like, sorry if, if that was misunderstood. This isn't, there's nothing more important than his health, and I completely agree. Um. Yeah. Huh. Then uh, and and Joseph Boza says he apologized today. Well, that's that's good to me. That's good enough. That's good enough. It's good enough for the family and the colleagues and all that stuff. It's good enough for me. I, I'm never here to call for people's jobs like that. I see Bart Scott getting a lot of shit today, and what he said was like I don't know if he really thought it through, like what he was gonna say, right? Like. Him saying that that Demar Hamlin didn't expect to what T Higgins was going to do. I mean, this was just a complete freak accident. I, I guarantee you, Demar Hamlin expected what T Higgins was going to do. And I, why do I guarantee you that? Because Demar Hamlin's an excellent player. He's starting games for the Buffalo Bills right now. He's starting games for one of the best teams in the NFL. He knows who T. Higgins is, how he plays, and what type of physical athlete he is. DeMar Hamlin has tackled the best of the best of the best. And I think that Matthew Ledesma has a good point. I think Bart was trying to interpret something that didn't need interpreted at that moment. Yes, this man knows 
He knows. He played four, I think he played five years at Pittsburgh, for the love of God, in college. Five years at Pittsburgh, and he's played the last two years for one of the best teams in the NFL. He knew, he knew, and, and T. Higgins is a big physical guy. Now, I, I would like to see Bart Scott apologize. Don't know if Bart Scott is going to. Um, I'll, I'll go peep out his Twitter very, very quickly. Doesn't look like it. Doesn't look like we've seen an apology. Maybe he'll do it on the air, but this is something that will kind of follow him. Um, but I would, I also believe that you should probably gather his thoughts and think of the right thing to say. And I will say this, not everybody is going to be Ryan Clark. Not everybody is going to be able to speak in the way that Ryan Clark does, especially with his unique experience, a man who his own teammates feared that he was going to die while he was a player. Not everybody is going to have that unique experience or anything like that. Bart Scott's played, though. Oh, man. I just hate seeing that. I hate that being the talking point other than we wish that DeMar Hamlin was okay. And I, I don't really give a lot of energy specifically to that. I just know one thing, man. Life is precious. And uh, this puts a lot of a lot of stuff in perspective for me personally. I hope it does for everybody else. Like, there's so much bullshit. Pardon my language. I'm trying not to curse on this show. Um, it, it's so easy to want to look for someone to be upset at in these situations. It's so easy to want to look for someone to be the villain. But what we don't need is a villain. What we need are our heroes. And, and in some circumstances, miracles. And fortunately, last night, we got a miracle on the field by the first responders that um, were able to help take care of DeMar Hamlin and bring him back. And hopefully, he's on his way to recovery. Again, there, there's not always a villain to these stories. There's not always a bad guy. Sometimes there are unfortunate situations. And there are good guys, heroes, and hopefully miracles, and uh, sometimes medical miracles, obviously. <sighs> so here we are, and uh, you just you hate to see that, man. You hate to see that. It is, it is something that you you i just keep refreshing waiting for positive news hoping for positive news dreading any negative news which i'm hoping doesn't happen <sighs> yeah i'm just i'm i'm refreshing my common bingles w feed and i just still people still see people like they are not happy with bart scott and i get it i absolutely get it joseph says i don't see how bingles can play sunday tbh yeah I agree. I've got I've got tickets for the game, but I'm not expecting there to actually be a game. Google has it listed as 1 a.m. 1 a.m. Don't think it's happening at 1 a.m. I would go though. Makes me feel a little bit dirty, but oh man. So the, the little bit of the game that we got before that was looking pretty good for the Bengals. Um, they marched up the field marched up the field. It was very, very promising what we saw there. Hayden Hurst especially was just mowing people down. Absolutely mowing people down. 
that was good. His first week back, he looked like an absolute beast. Tyler Boyd with the touchdown. Gosh, I can't remember what it was. It was like plus 2,000 for Tyler Boyd to get the first touchdown. That's nasty work. Who set that line? You can't set a plus 2,000 for Tyler Boyd to get the first touchdown. And I'll tell you something that I actually have liked about the Bengals. When the Bengals started slow earlier this season, Zach Taylor and the Bengals says, give us the ball first. We win the coin flip, give us the ball first. Cool. I love that approach. I love the aggressive approach in taking the ball first. And then if you lose that coin flip, well, you're going to get the ball first anyway because everybody defers. So now you can game plan for that accordingly. And if you come out of the gate and you score seven points on what might be the best team in the NFL, doing whatever it is that you want, Joe Mixon looking good, Hayden Hurst looking good, Joe Burrow looking good, Tyler Boyd looking good, well, that's that stuff you like to see, right? Like that's the type of drive that you want to see. Now, when the Bills got the ball, boy, did I feel fortunate that the Bengals were able to keep them to three. After that drive, oh yeah, I thought it was going to be 7-7 immediately. Like I didn't think there was any way at that point. Now, Josh Allen, you know, went three for six and, and all that, but man, Stefan Diggs was just, it's like glue is on, on that guy's hands, man. It was just, he was looking real good. James Cook looking real good. But then, you know, Josh Allen, listen, it's okay if he goes three for six because he's going to rush for 14 yards along the way too. But James Cook was cooking. Stephon Diggs was doing exactly what he did. And Josh Allen was doing exactly what he needed to do. So, I mean, the fact that the Bengals were able to make that stop, uh, Mike Hilton, just incredible work that he was doing there. I mean, my God, Von Bell also also doing really good. I've been pretty happy with Cam Taylor Britt's uh, work that we've seen as well. Like he's really stepped up with Awuzie. But to keep them to three, oh man, I was uh, whew, I was overwhelmingly happy with that. And then yeah, you know, that was the Bengals had like that five play drive, and it was twelve plays for the Bills and. When, when you go 12 plays, you march all the way across the field. It just feels like the Bengals couldn't stop anything, right? feels like they couldn't stop anything. So then we get the two plays on the next drive before the game was postponed. And um, Joe Mixon had a nice run. T. Higgins caught that pass, got the first down. Uh, that was looking good. But the, the little that we can take away is that, one, Joe Burrow looked perfect, and I mean perfect. Four for four, 52 yards, a touchdown. Joe Mixon with his two rushes, 12 yards. I'll take that out of Joe Mixon. Now, I think the Joe Mixon stats have been a little bit manipulated over really since that big, that big game of his, right? So, one, he played a little bit of one game. So, you know, his, his yards per game are going to be down because he, he played – I think it was, I think he rushed seven times there. So, I mean, the fact that he got two, 2.8 yards per carry, eh. he came back a few weeks later, had almost a 100 yard game. Then in the Tampa game, like again, those stats were a little manipulated because I feel like he was getting first downs when he needed to get first downs. And that's what's been important for, for Joe Mixon. 
uh, he has turned into a, a much better catching back this season. I mean, you look at it. Uh, he's got 70 targets this year. His previous high was 55 in a full season. He's played 13 games this year, and he's got as many receptions as he had targets in any other year. Now, he's not getting across the 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 uh, he's not getting into the end zone as much as he did last year. But I mean, last year. That was that was a little bit different. 16 touchdowns. What what are you going to do? But I mean, eight, nothing to really scoff at in 13 games, but he's doing what he needs to do now. And as a result, he's pulled back away with that with that job where Samaji P. Ryan, who is a little bit older than him, honestly, looked like for a while like he might be stepping into the driver's seat. But uh, Samaji P. Ryan, you know, left a little bit to be desired, left a lot to be desired in the in the Patriots game, and I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Uh, he stepped up his catching in Mixon's absence, but when I look at him, I don't necessarily look at him and go, ah, okay, uh, he, he's the catching back as much as Joe Mixon. And also Joe Mixon is a little more explosive, whereas Samaje might mow you down. Uh, so that was the game that we got. T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow all looked really good. Mike Hilton looked really, really good. Evan McPherson made his extra point. That's what you want to see out of him. So that's what we got. And um, we don't know if this game will be resumed. We don't know if it will happen, if it will exist, anything like that. But the little bit that we saw out of the offensive line without Lyle Collins, I, I got to say, it, I was pretty happy with it. Also, <laughs> Oh, the, Joe Burrow pulling the old Russo swerve this week. He, I, I think this was intentional and it was very smart. So Joe Burrow was at a presser and he mentioned Isaiah Prince taking like first team snaps and all that. Now, again, if you're looking for somebody who knows football, it ain't me. Watch Locked on Bengals, all right? <laughs> Watch them. I'm just here to talk trash. But this is this is good troll work. Good troll work from Joe Burrow where... He's like, yeah, yeah, Isaiah Prince. And people who covered the Bengals were like, okay, we thought uh, we thought Hakeem was going to be the starter. We thought Hakeem Adeniji was going to start this game, but it looks like Isaiah Prince. And then it comes out shortly before. No, it is Hakeem Adeniji. Very clever, very clever. Like, I don't think the Bengals were fooling anybody uh, by saying that, oh, well, Sam Hubbard, Game time decision. He wasn't playing this game. He was not playing this game at all. At all. But apparently the Bengals and the Ravens are supposed to play next week. Now, um, this comes from, you know, what, what we see. Um, what we see based on the NFL's release. It says the league has not made any changes to the week 18 regular season schedule. So it says, as of now, the Baltimore Ravens are still scheduled to play against the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. Time of the game, which was pending the result of last night's game, has not yet been determined. So we don't know what time that game will be, but you can look at the schedule of this week, and that's assuming this game even happens. Because, again, 
whatever they decide, I don't think I'm going to exactly be upset about. I mean, if these players don't want to play after what they saw unfold, I completely get it. Uh, right now, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in the one o'clock spot. There are five games in the 425 slot. And then there's the 820 game, which is Detroit and Green Bay. I thought, honestly, that the Bengals-Ravens would be the 820 game. I think it's very smart that they put Green Bay-Detroit there. Uh, you got Aaron Rodgers. You got Detroit. That's that's good. But also, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if the Bengals will want to play. And if, or if that, you just don't know what's going to happen. So don't, you know, don't put that in a primetime slot if you just don't know. Then, of course, Saturday, you have the 430 game, Kansas City, uh, Las Vegas. You have the Tennessee-Jacksonville game in primetime. And that was the the only the only good thing about the TBD schedule was that, well, we knew the Bengals were going to play on Sunday because they were, they were playing on Monday. So they weren't going to go uh, Monday and Saturday or anything like that. Like, if they did that, that would be horrible, right? But I mean, now they ain't going to do it. They're not going to schedule it that soon. But half a quarter, you could have kind of justified that. But no, that ain't happening. That'll be Sunday if it happens. I would imagine in the 1 p.m. slot, although um, yeah, New York and Philadelphia, that's a good game. Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh is at 1. Yeah, uh, you, you could use something to really beef up that 425 spot because those games are looking rough. Green Bay, Detroit, a good one as well. Um, can you delay the playoffs a week with the Pro Bowl and Super Bowl dates? Well, I ain't the person to ask about that, but uh, when is when is the Super Bowl? I mean, yeah, man, that's tough work. That's tough work, man. That'd be That'd be a rough one. The Super Bowl has got a lot of money on it. Ultimately, nothing's more important than a person's life. But yeah, that'd be a tough one for them to to sort of reschedule. I think. But yeah, I, I like the primetime game at eight. There is not much good besides Philadelphia and New York at four twenty-five. And then I'm looking. Let me look at the early games, though. Okay, nobody gives a hoot about Houston, Indianapolis. New York and Miami could have some implications. Carolina, New Orleans, that's pointless. Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's trying to get into the playoffs. Uh, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, there's no point in watching that. New England at Buffalo, that probably ain't happening. Um, I mean, they've, they've got no word on, on that. So, yeah, maybe, maybe actually the Bengals in the one slot would make a lot more sense because then at the one slot you've got – Baltimore and Cincinnati, the 425, you've at least got New York at Philadelphia, and then you got Detroit at Green Bay. So then pretty much all day, you have at least one heavily relevant game there. And Dallas at Washington, but I mean, Dallas is Dallas is trying to get into that, that one seed, but yeah. Oh man, this has been... Uh, Quite, quite the couple of days. Like I took off work from from Fightful Monday because the way that I looked at it, if the Bengals won, I'd be way too pumped, and I'd want to do a stream here. Uh, and if 
the Bengals lost. I would have been really bummed out. As it turns out, what happened is, you know, obviously the worst possible scenario that you can have in a football game, and that is a, a near loss of life. Uh, it was a loss of life for a brief, brief period, but uh, I'm very glad that I was not on the air last night. Glad I took that day off, but just thinking of DeMar, man. Thinking of DeMar and also thinking about how uh, proud I am of of this community and these two communities of Buffalo Bills fans and Cincinnati Bengals fans and um, how proud I am to know so many Buffalo Bills fans. And I, I fully believe that any two markets would have also come together like this in the wake of, of a tragedy and something that is so unfortunate as this, but you know, man, I've, I've long had an affection for, for Buffalo and, and, Buffalo Bills. I've never been to Buffalo. I've been to uh, Niagara Falls, so I've been right across the the falls from it. But got a lot of good bud. I mean, love Ariel Hawani. He's a big Bills fan. My dude Corey Chapman, big Bills fan. Friend Alyssa Vasquez, former MMA fighter, also a big Bills fan, uh, and just good people, man. I always love the way that the Buffalo Bills sort of uh, reach out and and help people. And their fans seem to help people. And man, it makes me really happy that, that they do that and they take care of people because uh, I would always like to think that if if I or somebody that I love were in that same situation, that they would that somebody would try to help me. And it it's uh it's heartwarming to see that. Heartwarming to see that. Oh, Antonio says, what's the name of the Bills fan who runs the fightful TikTok? Oh man, you're good. You can't, you can't make me, can't make me put, put over professor Nick Harrison. I forgot he was a bills fan, honestly, but he is, um, what a wonderful guy. Professor Nick Harrison is just amazing. I'm so happy that we, uh, were able to, to bring him on and, and just put him like help, have him help run our TikTok with Kyler, but, oh man. Guys, thank you all so much. I don't know how often or how regularly I'm going to do Common Bengals W, but I'm really liking doing it, just talking into a camera. I'm hoping that pretty soon I'll be able to have some of my friends on here. Like I got a lot of good friends who cover the Bengals, who uh, have been around the Bengals and a lot of stuff like that. I would really, really love to do that more. Until next time, guys. We're out.